Welcome to episode 55 of the Let Behind Game Club. This week, we play Ori and the Blind Forest. Stick around to the end of the show. We're adding a new segment, the Left Behind Quiz Corner. You won't want to miss it. The Left Behind Game Club was nominated for three Canadian Podcast Awards, Outstanding Games and Hobbies Podcast, Outstanding Art for a Podcast, and People's Choice. If you are Canadian and would like to vote, check out those details at leftbehindgame.club. Now, we added the Left Behind Quiz Corner, but that doesn't mean that our guests are good at quizzes what is it called when you set down a spiritual fire to save the game and heal michael spirit flame wrong ember flame (laughs) (laughs) also incorrect the correct answer was soul links oh and but it's on fire it is it's an ember and a flame (laughs) you're listening to the left behind game club Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCord, and today I have two friends with me. The first friend, he's dabbing or doing some sort of great say-a-man type posing. I'm pointing you to the beach. (laughs) It's Michael Ruffalo. I'm excited to talk about a great game, boys. Let's talk about a great game with a new guest who's not been on the podcast before. Welcome, Nick O'Hagan-Wong. Guys, I'm so excited. To talk about this game. It's such a good game, right? It's so good. Okay, great. And the game we're going to talk about is Ori and the Blind Forest, developed by Moon Studios, published by Microsoft Studios, released on the Xbox One and on Windows. What the heck is Ori and the Blind Forest? It is a Metroidvania-style puzzle platformer. And, and quickly, if you don't know what Metroidvania is, mm-hmm. what is a Metroidvania game? What you should do is you should go back and listen to our last episode on Shadow Complex, where we cover another Metroidvania game. What? Where I explained that Metroidvanias are inspired by both Metroid and Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Mm. And it involves progressing through a level where there are gated areas that you will only be able to unlock later when you get new weapons, items, abilities that allow you to progress. And it creates this really nice little treasure chest effect where you find new things in areas you felt you knew really well. So it's... Fine thing, dopamine, fine thing, dopamine, fine thing, dopamine. That's the way this works, right? Yes. Yes. It's a slot machine. It is. It's like a pachinko machine. Um, where should we start with Ori in the Blind Forest? Does someone want to tackle and, and try and explain what the heck goes on with this game? Well, I guess I'll take a stab at it here. So you're essentially this little what, rabbit? You're yeah, dog? you're like, a you're little, spirit rabbit. You're an adorable little... Little animal of You're some sort. goodness. You're yeah, essentially you're, a rabbit from Rayman, right? Yeah. It's interesting ah! you say that. Ah! Interesting you say that. Oh, was my rabbit impression, was it? <laughs> Real good. Thank Real you. Good. You just need to like flip over this table and then we're there. Ah! Ah! Oh, damn it, Jacob. I told you. Go ahead, Nick. I'm sorry. So, so you're this little adorable rabbit and... I guess uh, we're going to jump into how we, the game started yeah. or just... Yeah. So I think we, ha- we have to start at the story because that's how the game starts. Really? Yeah. So... There's this weird Teletubby. Okay. Yeah. What's his name? Like, I don't. I don't it's know. It's like Naruto. Naruto. So, <laughs> that's not Naruto. Yes, it's, Naruto? it's Naruto and Baruto. Where's Mo? Because he's the guy who knows Naruto. <laughs> I, so I I wrote all the names down because I okay, had a lot of trouble yeah, with mm-hmm. it through the game. So you play as Ori. Yes. The navi like creature that, that you are with is named Sin. So S E. The little. I-N. Hey, listen. That exactly. one. Exactly. Yeah, okay, that one. Okay. Um, Gumo. Is the little spider like Glowbox? Yeah, yeah. Is the no? That's a little spider guy's Gumo. Yeah, Glowbox. Naru is your large bear-like buddy. Who's the big? Who's like the bear in the big big blue couch? Do you guys remember that? I have no idea. I thought it was Blue's Clues. Yeah, (laughs) a large Teletubby-esque bear, and then Kuro is the large bird creature. So did we all get that? Because there's a quiz later. Yes. Oh Oh, no. Yep. No. Um, Please. Oh, damn. Okay. So, Naru, Naru is your buddy, and you play as Ori. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. So, Naru's your friend. You're Ori. And then, uh, so, what, what's, it starts off, you're living this really happy life. You're just in the forest. You're eating all these oranges. You guys are just, like, having a great time. And mm-hmm. then, all of a sudden, the light goes away, and then the forest starts dying. And you're just, you know, kind of trucking along, doing your best. And then, all the fruit starts going away, and then... And all the peaches that you were able to pull off these trees yeah. suddenly get harder and harder to find. Yeah. And your big Teletubby friend has trouble finding enough food to survive. 
I don't know about y'all, but I I almost cried. Like I was lulled wow. into this like this wonderful area. I'm like, oh, I'm watching a Studio Ghibli film. Yeah. I'm like loving what's going on, and then the rug is pulled, and I'm sitting on my back crying because I don't know what just happened. Why? Literally, soft boy. I'm a soft boy. Sorry. So you and he dies of starvation, right? Yeah, he dies, and the whole idea is what you just gotta go and bring the light back, right? Mm-hmm. Make, yeah, get the get the force back to all its its good little self. Mm-hmm. Because you actually die, right? Like Ori Ori dies. Ori, oh, Ori dies. Look, that and was eight sense. hours ago. I don't remember. You have to help me. Out <laughs> Ori dies. Yeah, and I the think, spirit yeah. tree's last like big thing before it it kind of Final loses act. all its energy. That's right. Yeah. Is it brings Ori back to life in order to save the blind forest? That's nuts. And to save the blind forest, you need to restore the three main elements, and that's kind of how the game is divided: waters, winds, and warmth. So Ori is Jesus. O- Ori is a small. Spiritual Jesus. Fantastic. Okay. So on this quest, Ori, aka Jesus, has a little, hey, listen, accompaniment, aka the Holy Spirit, who's there to help protect him and guide him uh, throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so your little buddy, hey, listen, is uh, he's not only your weapon. Uh, but he's also your guide when it comes to interacting with elements in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's almost like a key as well. Then, right? Yes. So yeah. he's your your multi tool. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I think that brings up one of the I think elements of the game, which it's kind of light on RPG elements. There are there's an upgrade tree, and different. Uh, there's both health that you have to manage and energy that you have to manage, and they're all in these little dots on the bottom of the screen and you fill them up by either jumping on plants that look like the piranha plant bulb in uh in mario or smacking these crystals with your little hey listen buddy and uh and collecting collecting the orbs yeah so is it a time to talk about like the whole tech tree like that that okay i want to jump into that because i got i got beef with that Oh, so he's starting off with beef. So they're coming out swinging. Nick. This was like the one thing that really like, oh, it really upset me. So there's three paths you could take. There's like the red. Then there was the purple, I think, then the green. Mm-hmm. So the three, three paths you can take. And I saw the one had a, an air dash and I was like, this seems really cool. I really yeah. want to get this air dash. So I saved up all my like, you know, tokens, whatever, yeah. built up to that tech tree, got it. Never figured out how to use it. <laughs> And I, I was looking, I like, I looked up on Google. I'm like, how do you use this air dash? And couldn't find anything. You mean right bumper? Is that what it was? It was just, it was right bumper. Was oh my God, it? I'm so embarrassed. I bought that too, and I didn't know how to use it. Didn't know how to use it. I, it was the last thing I bought, so thankfully. Yeah, it was essential. Like, how did you guys go through the game without having the air dash? Well, Yo. some of us are just very good at video games. N- no, I'm actually the, if you've listened to the show before, you know that I'm a terrible person yeah. at video I'm literally the worst person at video games. I'll tell you later how many times I died. It's embarrassing. Nah, I didn't actually, die. I died, I died a similar number of times that you did. I don't know how much you guys died, so this could be even more embarrassing oh. for me. Should we just do it now? Sure. Okay, let's do it now. Okay. All right, so similar to our Hitman episodes where we go through and see who's the worst at it, I died 545 times. So... Here's the thing with mine. I didn't... <laughs> Starts with a caveat. This is going so well. So, I got... I checked my stat for my last save. So when the game ended, right. I wasn't able to catch that like splash screen. So I don't actually know what my final, final number is. You so don't have the escape from... Right the before volcano. the escape. Yeah, I got my stat. So I had 425. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. I told you I'm terrible at video okay. games. I have 458. So Nick oh. completed this depending on how that last little escape from the volcano went. I would say probably anywhere between 25 and 50. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cuz I died 100 times like in Did that es- in that last yeah. escape, but we'll t- we'll talk about that later. Okay. It was it was very tough. Um, so where were we? we you Nick and I both purchased this uh, Air Dash that we did not use, mm-hmm. uh, and you asked how we got through the game without it, and we both responded with skill. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you unfortunately needed the Air Dash, but you got through the game. I did. And you got through the game in a similar amount of time that I did. 
you you checked out as well. So. I did because I was looking at the leaderboard just before I came over here. Oh, that's so smart. Yeah, I went through the game in eight hours and forty five minutes, and I went through in eight hours and twenty five minutes. So same thing. My last save was seven hours and fifteen minutes. There you go. Oh, whoa, that, whoa. That's, that's faster. That is very fast. That's quite a bit faster. <sighs> I'm really good at video games. <laughs> Um, but it kind of falls in line with what was said about this game. It's anywhere from an 8 to 10 hour game. Mm-hmm. Did you play it on Xbox One? Because it's available on Xbox Game Pass. That's where I played it. So I played it on Steam, but I use a 360 controller. Okay. Ah, interesting. How did you find it? Well, I, for any platformer, I feel like you need a controller. Like you can't, you can't mouse and keyboard a platformer. I've only ever played one platformer on PC. And, and it, it was Pandemonium 2. It's probably terrible. And it was fantastic. Oh, well, never mind then. <laughs> Just because it's a really good game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I played Braid on PC without a controller and Ugh. just keyboard, and I'm like, this is the worst thing imaginable. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you How did you work with the jump, though? Because I found before you started getting upgrades, I just could not figure out the jump. Like, it was way too floaty and imprecise for oh, me. Oh, that was absolutely necessary, though, because you need to jump on the wall to jump off and keep moving your way up. Right. When you got a double jump and when you got some of the abilities later down the road, but when you first start the game, you have no abilities and it's just a jump. I had such a hard time with it because it was too floaty and imprecise for me. I thought it was actually very predictable, the jump. Like, Mm -hmm. I actually liked it a lot compared to, well, if you compare it to, let's say, like Super Meat Boy, where you're just flying everywhere and it's like a million miles an hour. This was nice and floaty and it's predictable. Yeah. I liked it. I thought the mechanics were really good. I think that's a fantastic comparison. I love Super Meat Boy, and I love both the jump in that game because I feel like you have absolute control. And I love the jump in this game because as much as it's floaty, you learn very quickly just how much sway you have in controlling your character and and what you're going to be able to do and what you don't. And no matter how difficult the level, I never felt that when I died, it was... The controls fault i felt it was my fault 100 and, and that is yeah. to me the high watermark of good tight controls there was an article published by alex newhouse from GameSpot um before the game came out and the way he described the game just so if anyone listening is trying to understand what it looks like what it feels like what it plays like he said according to developer moon studios or in the blind forest is a metroidvania adventure game with platforming like super meat boy and mario art like rayman and child of light the ubi art games and story like the Iron Giant and the Lion uh, King. I would add, so I think that's a very good description. I would add uh, the visual aesthetic is also very much like Trine. If you guys have ever played Trine, uh, it was a platformer that involved three characters that you could switch in between. Um, and it had a really nice, rich color scheme with a good sense of depth, um, which I think was one of the really nice elements of the game. One of the interesting things, if you look at the credits, it's Airborne Studios is the one that does all of the art. And if you go and you look at their portfolio, they do stuff for everyone. Do they? They do all kinds of art. It seems like to, you know nowadays the only thing that they're doing is, is Fortnite skins. But <laughs> if you look at all of the stuff that they have done, they've worked across every publisher, every major um, developer. They do all kinds of stuff. Their Twitter feed is a fantastic... Hmm little insight into the different uh different little projects they've worked on because they're always you know giving a wink and a nod Hmm. it seems like they've done a lot of stuff for overwatch as well so a Hmm. lot of really cool art there and that's airborne a how do you spell that because it's a weird spelling right just Uh, in case people want to take a look at it a-i-r-b-o-r-n oh who would have thought born in the air exactly okay exactly so back to the air yeah uh you really appreciated having that that dash charge yeah i I found that when i started the game the it was really tough to to get going because usually like when let's say i play another um, metroidvania game where there's a jump let's say i'm playing super metroid or something like that i know exactly um the jump is very precise this jump I found was just a little less precise. It got better when I got the double jump because what I was doing at the double jump is instead of using it a lot of the time to jump higher, I would use it to almost like stabilize myself on a platform. Before the double jump, it was very, very tough. Hmm. As you got more and more abilities, as you tend to in Metroidvania games, it got a lot easier for me to move around. But just at the start, it was tough. Mm-hmm. So what was like the the next skill after that double jump? Because that was the first thing, right? You know, that was eight hours ago. So, <laughs> oh well, <laughs> my memory is not quite quite that good. Um, I remember the game absolutely changed for me uh, at two moments. One where I was able to steal is it Kuro? 
the the owl. Yep. Kuro's feather. Uh, yeah, uh, yes. When you fight fight him slash her for the first her for yeah. the first time, and the the second time the game changed for me is when I was able to get that charge jump, uh, because you're just able to get all kinds of little locations you might normally not be able to, especially when you figure out. I, I know I didn't figure this out immediately. That it's not a directly vertical or directly horizontal jump. You can angle it in whichever angle best suits you. So that's actually... I, I'm surprised you didn't say it was that air projectile jump thing. Because that was air pretty projectile. much like a, a core oh, mechanic, right? Whenever, absolutely. Yeah. Because that was like... I find that was the, the biggest game changer. Because I used that almost everything. Even killing those stupid bullfrogs. <laughs> it was always throw projectiles back at them, right? So is that how you got them? Most of the time, you shooting their own projectile back at them. It, I found it ended up being the safest way to do it because those things probably killed me the most out really? of all the, the, I guess, enemies or whatever. Right. Jacob, what about you? I would use that, but then I, I upgraded on the skill tree uh, to where my charge, uh, it would charge, but then also how it would split. So I found that when I got the kind of the firing split, it really helped with those spider guys because mm-hmm. you would shoot double the projectiles mm. and... Spiders or bullfrogs? So one of the things that we, I guess we should cover yeah, is that yeah, yeah. In, in this game, it takes place in a forest, if the title didn't give that away. <laughs> and all of the different types of forest creatures uh, are, are the enemies that you have to deal with because I think the concept is that they're all corrupted through some evil that's spread into the forest. And mm-hmm. so in the water, you face off against these piranhas. On land, you face off against these spiders, these slugs. And these bullfrogs, uh, and in the air you fight against swirling blocks that have a gravity core in the middle that shoot fire at you. Well, yeah, nature. Yeah, yeah. duh. <laughs> you know the things you find in a forest. <laughs> Mostly stuff you'd find in like wetlands forests, yes, right? You know, circling gravitational bits of rock that shoot fireballs at you. A hundred percent. Yeah, I go outside. I promise. <laughs> This is not just the well, thing that exists in video games. Like weren't those me. things actually like what was it? The creation of the Goomons or something? Yes. Was that it? Was that I what think, they were? I think that's what it was. Um, or or at least when you get to the Goomon area, um, you realize like, yo, these guys were like incredibly advanced, and their puzzles are unlike anything we've seen so far because yeah. they're all gravity based puzzles, and I loved it. So okay, that gra- okay. <laughs> so I played this game in two sittings. Okay, so whoa, yo, that's, that's impressive. That's, yo, that's... It was just like you know, crank them out, whatever. So my second sitting, I was like, okay, you know what? I got this nice beer from LCBO, and, it's, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drink this beer as I play, play this game. Right? It's a like, liquor I... control board of Ontario for those of you who are not from Ontario. <laughs> Nick's like the the game difficulty says medium, but I'm, I'm cranking it up to hard. So so I found out that this this drink I was this beer that I had it was an imperial stout and it was eleven and a half percent. Yo. And this was I'm about halfway through it when I get to that gravity section, <laughs> and that was the most frustrating thing I've ever done in my entire life. Wow. Okay. What about you? How did you find it, Jacob? Those gravity puzzles, I, I it took me half an hour to okay. realize that I needed to jump off of them to kind of jump down. Like, I just couldn't figure it out. Yeah. I, I was staring at it. And I'm like, why can't I get this? <laughs> It wasn't working. Oh, yeah, but it's one of those... It's like secondhand fun. Like, at the time, you hate it. Yes. But then you go back, and you're like, that was the coolest puzzle ever, right? So cool. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I love momentum and gravity puzzles. It's one of the reasons why I love Portal so much. Um, I figured out very quickly that I had to use the momentum and the gravity of them. I could not figure out the correct order to get past it very quickly. So... Uh, I, I understood the mechanic. I didn't understand how to solve the problem, the, the puzzle very quickly. Because there's multiple of them in this in this one dungeon. Yeah. One of the three dungeons in the game, right? Yeah. And so I guess in that section, you're trying to collect these puzzle keys, I guess. They're kind of floating all over the place. And there's no exact order you have to get them, but there's definitely an optimal path. Mm-hmm. Because they teach you things as you go through, and each lesson is supposed to help you get the next one. Um and and so the difficulty here is that they were often put in just really uncomfortable places, and you had to have a real good grasp of the mechanics to be able to get them. Mm-hmm. Either they were surrounded by spikes, or because there were like these spiny spikes all the way through the environment, all over the place, or lava. And some of the time, like 
depending on how much health you end up having throughout the game of those special like health crystals you found, you could die in two shots. Some of them you could die in one shot. Mm, yeah, it was it was I okay. So I guess this brings up a good question. Talking about dying, how often did you guys save? Because one of the things that I found was I was cursing at the game multiple times because I am a baby and I have been conditioned by modern video games that they will do the saving for me. And in this game, there is almost no saving that's done for you. So I will complete a huge chunk of the game and then die to a very simple little bullfrog or a spider or, you know, the the things that you find in nature, gravitational cores with, you know, bricks hovering around it that shoot fireballs and i would be transported back at least half an hour maybe more. half an hour Yo, i it took me a long time because i was thick i thought you were gonna say like oh yeah i went back like three or four yeah, minutes like four wish. jumps like seriously i wish yeah because i started the game and you know i was the same way didn't really save for a lot of the time but by the end it was like kill a guy save make a jump save like it was yes because I got so frustrated for that exact same reason, yeah. right? So these soul links that you could create, which right. were the the fire, basically the campfires you could create, That's you a were good description. You Jacob. were limited. Hey, I know games. I never you played play the dark hard games. Dark Souls. What's that? Campfires. <laughs> um, but you create these soul links, which are campfires where you can save from, and you get to restore a little bit of health. But they're finite. So you can only, like, depending on how much health or how much energy you have, you can only spawn one of them or two of them until you gather more energy. So as you've said, you can save every once in a while, but you have to space them out because you may get to a point where, damn, I need to save, but I used all my energy. So it's management of that energy with relation to soul links. That's very difficult. So it's funny that you bring up campfires. And this game strikes me so much of Dark Souls. Like, there are all of these different ways that the game punishes you and is really hard. And then you go back to an area that you've completed previously and you know exactly where all the enemies are. You are now, you're now a little bit better equipped and you're just able to steamroll through everything. Where previously they were a huge, um, huge pest for you and now they are nothing at all. And it rewards just really tight controls of the gameplay, even though those enemy, enemies didn't get weaker you just became more proficient with your controls and, and, and got better at it over time. I thought it was just more of like the... I agree that there was that nice progression, but do you play a lot of Metroidvania games? I, I realize now I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I realize I love them, and I try and play them any opportunity I can. But, you know, so I streamed the second half of this game on Twitch, and some of uh, the members of the community came and hung out with me, and they were telling me, like, oh, what about this game? Like, what about Hollow Knight? What about these? I'm like... I have heard so many good things about these games, and I didn't realize that they were Metroidvanias. So I'm absolutely going to go and play some of those now, now that I'm more aware that there are a lot more out there. Because mm-hmm. I love, despite not being on the podcast last week, love Shadow Complex, one of my favorites. But Thank there are you. the other ones, like Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet, which is like is one that... Is that a Metroidvania? That is, that is considered a Metroidvania Weird. game. Despite the movement not being the same as all yeah. the other Metroidvanias, they consider it a Metroidvania game. Huh. So there's tons of different ones. Guacamelee, yes, also absolutely. considered a Metroidvania game. Like there's tons. Travis, who's been on the show before, adores Hollow Knight. It was like his favorite game of last year. Um, even Celeste. Would would you call that a Metroidvania? I, don't I would. Know. I haven't seen it yet. That that I'd be like, some would say platformer, but like, does it have like elements of Metroidvania? Huh. Going through all these games, you guys make me realize how much I don't play Metroidvania games. This is probably actually like the first one I've ever played. Okay. Well, maybe not the first one I've ever played, but I yeah, I never play them now. Did you enjoy like, it? It was awesome. I really liked it though. But it was mostly like the visuals were pretty unreal in it. Like, I can't get over that. This game looks so good. And one of the things that I love about it is it uses three dimensions in a two-dimensional gameplay experience. And it very rarely pulls out to show you a full 3D effect. It's very often, you know, some elements deep in the distance and very few elements closer to the camera. But there are moments when you, I think it's when you go to the Gumon Temple and there are all these floating rings and you jump into the middle and the camera pans out and you see all of these rings lined up and you're right in the middle of it and there's a big explosion. It's just amazing mm-hmm. direction uh, and, and camera work and the thing, throughout it, this game. It's so seamless too. Like sometimes like you can tell when you're getting to a cutscene or whatever, 
this was just like it just happens but you don't know if you're playing like there were some points where a cutscene would end and i wasn't sure if i should keep going or not because it was just like it they did such a good job with that totally agree there were so many moments where i didn't pick up the controller or or kind of put the controller down because a cutscene had started and then i realized why is ori just standing there oh i should be playing this yeah (laughs) for me it was when kuro when the kuro interactions happened so when the large bird creature is like moving between the foreground and the background and like trying to kill you and then like flying right at you flying right i was my mouth was agape i'm just like i can't what because this game at this point is four years old and it's it's phenomenal. It just looks phenomenal. Just what, like Rayman Origins and Child of Light, those Ubi art games we talked about earlier. It It is so influenced by the Rayman games. And I didn't realize it until I got halfway through. And I realized, like, oh, my God, there's... I made a joke that our little... What's his name? Globo? Glumo? Gumon. Gumon. Gumo. That's Go- it. Something. I Gumo. called him I called Gumo them of the Gumon clan. That's oh. it. I called him Globox. And I was like, where's Globox from? I'm like, Rayman. <laughs> and this game has so much in common with Rayman. It's very tight uh, platforming. Um, th- this game looks fantastic. And there are a lot of really good, fun experiences with it. Speaking of our friend Kuro, the owl, when I was playing through those sections... The only thing I was thinking of is like, wow, this is fun and easy, and Jacob's going to hate this. Hey, guess what? I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. Nailed it. But you know what I did love? I loved the escape sequences. Really? Yeah. So I I knew you were going to be like, oh, Jacob's going to hate Kuro. Did hate Kuro. But like, it was a good hate. It was a, oh, you got me again, Kuro. (laughs) Um, But the escapes, just the way that, so each temple, there's like three temples Um, Throughout the game and after you kind of achieve or or release one of the three elementals within each of the temples you have to escape so one of the escapes for example is you've let the wind go so now the wind is going to take you up and out of this location those are so fun but the water is coming up uh, below you and you can't like beat the water because you know water beats air i guess something like that yeah (laughs) but the way the music swells and the way that your like motions have to be perfect i was like even though it took me 50 times i was in awe and i loved it the music in this game i want to talk about it later music was so good it was uh it was so good i was listening to it studying today really yeah it's gonna be on my playlist for a little while i want to talk about a little bit later but like the music in those sequences just it was perfect that's amazing but with those escape sequences, it was so satisfying by the time you got out. Because that was a thing. It's like muscle memory, right? Yeah. You just kind of rip through them until you kind of get the hang of it. Then when you finish it, it was like, oh, it felt so good. <laughs> I was like, yeah, there's, I'm good at video games. Yeah, I can do this. such a rush. Yeah. And I think it's a combination of the aesthetics of the screen. It's always, you know, the, the lava right at your back or the water just inches from you or the wind just rushing you up really fast and the combination of the music being this you know it's picking up in tempo it's picking na, up in na, speed, na, right na. yeah <laughs> uh, it's so good just so good so yeah they they orchestrate an amazing really uh, escape scene yeah. to to just bring all your senses together so, and feel excited by it Another part that I really liked, well, actually, I, I guess I kind of hated it, but it was the most stressful, <laughs> stressful part of the entire game was when you have to hide from Kuro. Really? Yeah, well, so I remember when I didn't really know what to do, and that first time she swept down and got me, I actually like dr- almost dropped my controller. So it was just one of those <laughs> jump things, like, oh my god. I totally agree, because there's, there's a moment when Kuro kills you versus when anything else kills you. Like, when you die on a spike trap... You, or when you, you get it. Yeah, yeah, it's like, ah, oh, whatever. But when Kuro kills you is like yo that is a story moment that is like serious that's legit that was definitely it was terrifying but i remember going through those things when it jumps up and it's gone you're like oh god it's coming any second now and yeah i think my blood pressure (laughs) went up so high during that it was so stressful and just to paint kind of a a picture if you played bioshock infinite songbird it reminded me a lot, like take away the steampunk steampunk elements and it make it a little bit more owly. That's what Kuro is in this game. That's interesting. Yeah. So, what did you guys think of the story? What did you think of the characters? Because I, I started getting really metaphorical and, and trying to think of, okay, what what is the story? What are they trying to say? What is the 
Who, what are what are the characters? What can I where can I see this going? So I guess what I got out of it, I okay, I like the story first of all, uh-huh. just because it was very like playful, it's like whatever, lighthearted, yeah. yeah. And uh, no, what I got from it is like, you know what? Everyone's good. <laughs> you know, everyone's just everyone's good. And I was I like, I love you, Nick O'Hagan. That's so nice. Like. <laughs> Nick's takeaway is that's so nice. <laughs> I was like, wow. Well, because, you know, Kuro is just like a, just a mama yeah. trying to save her babies. And then Gumo just wanted to unthaw his friends. Yeah. And, you know, Kuro ended up sacrificing herself for, for a little baby and everyone yeah. was happy. Yeah, I, I think I think it definitely highlights that no one is the uh, the villain of their own story. Yeah. There's, you know, everyone has their own motivations that make sense. I thought the end of the game, the, when they showed a cave painting, like that was the perfect epitome of what this game was. It was like hieroglyphics. It was like a painting. It was just this very like children's book esque story mm-hmm. where, you know, even the bad guy is a little bit good. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of what I got out of it too. So, so when, okay, when, I, when I'm thinking about the beginning of this game and our friend Teletubby dies, <laughs> oh. okay, and it's only after your friend the Teletubby dies that you then see Kuro the, the owl. And if you look at our friend Teletubby's face, right, it's a white circle with two eyes. And if you look at the owl's face, it's a dark body with a white circle and two eyes. And I was like, huh, maybe this, this owl is the reincarnation of our Teletubby friend when they've died and they're now angry that the people of the forest have uh you know allowed this corruption to set in and and, and destroyed huh. them. I thought I was like, oh, maybe this is a metaphor for environmentalism and you know taking care of our planet and stewardess stewardship well, and and then at the end I realized none of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Deep lore. Like, yeah, you know, this was, is pretty wow. I was geez. digging in and it was not giving me anything back. <laughs> Well, usually you can go on YouTube and someone has deconstructed 40 minutes of, you know, this is what the deep lore in this game means, yeah. Well, yeah. but there isn't one of those for this I checked. Oh. Maybe you should uh, make one and, and make yourself some, some YouTube money. Ori is Jesus. That's it. Because <laughs> <laughs> look, at the end, guess who's resurrected in oh. the end? Oh. Oh, you're going biblical. Last oh. I checked, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and on the third day, it Jesus. said, let there be Ori. There was a sequel coming in 2019, so he's going to have to resurrect. Jesus Part 2? <laughs> Jesus Part 2, yes. So it was announced at E3 2017. In 2019, we were getting Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Love it. And it'll come on Game Pass as well. So for all of you that have Game Pass, you can just get it day one as well. I can't wait. So, so speaking of Wisps and Navi, did you guys notice the Triforce? No, there was where? a There was a Triforce hidden somewhere. I can't remember. I think it was that first temple, but it was like carved out in a tree. I'm like, wait a minute. They're not even be subtle about this. Like, <laughs> Can I actually double down on your theory? Sure. So did you play the def- definitive edition? I did. So in the definitive edition, if you go in the special features, there's a prototype that the game was called Sane before. So S-E-I-N, your kind of Navi character. And in the game, there was a chanting or a singing element of the game where it literally looked like Ocarina of Time with the like C buttons like to do singing. So like there's more to it than just, you know, oh there's a Triforce. Oh yeah, totally. Oh, I feel like I'll have inspired. to go back and watch that. That's like no, it was, I thought it was pretty funny though. Like mm-hmm. straight up plagiarism. <laughs> Inspiration. <laughs> Inspiration, yeah, that's right. Guys, tell me the language in this game is not super adorable and cool. Go ahead, try and tell me. You I, thought, can't. I thought it was kind of annoying. Yeah, Nick, I'll give you another shot. Try again. <laughs> it was okay, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It was, it was so cool. It, it was. was great. It was like, ah, oh, it's like children playing, and it's this is a language, and I love it. It was like Journey in a lot of ways. It made me feel real warm inside. Mm-hmm. And here's, here's your tie to Journey in the special thanks. Yeah. Austin Wintory, the composer of, ah, uh, of Journey. So interesting. Tying those two together. We're just tying it all together. You're just, you're just, Give me more conspiracies. <laughs> I got my red yarn out. All, Let's go. All of Jacob's trivia nuggets are just j- j- getting just out dropping. there. It's almost like we're introducing a trivia segment in this show. What? Ooh. Just just wait for it. Wait okay. for it. I want to say that there... You know what this game made me feel? Tell Did, me about you know, your I'm feels. A, I'm, a huge, I'm a huge fan of Home Alone, right? Okay. So this whole game to me was like that scene in Home Alone 2 where Kevin McAllister looks up at the little boy in the hospital and the little boy in the hospital is just waving ahead from the window uh-huh. and then Kevin waves back. That's the way I felt playing this game the whole time. <laughs> so I, I felt that way similarly because I was playing this 
and our good friend Kevin was in the Xbox Live party with me, <laughs> and he was waving to me from Fortnite, <laughs> and I was waving to him from Ori, and we could not we could not be together until I finished this game, <laughs> and then I did. Wow, that was so beautiful. <laughs> I I hope I didn't trample upon the great feeling that you had there, Jacob, because I also felt that. You know what? I'm I'm just going to think of Kevin Rayburn now whenever I watch Home Alone every Christmas, so thank you. You're going to imagine a little Kevin Rayburn lost in New York City <laughs> fighting burglars in his parents' old... Yes. I'm going to imagine Donald Trump saying, go this way, son, to a little Kevin Rayburn in the Plaza Hotel. It's going to be I swell. It. It's going to be swell. So, I, okay, so as far as feelings go during the game, yeah, it was cool. Like, the cutscenes made me feel all nice and everything. But I think in between that, I just got so fired up because this game was actually really hard. Yes, but, like, fun hard. It was fun. It was, like, so it wasn't so hard that you just hated every second of it, but it wasn't so easy that it was just, like, a breeze. It was, like, a solid 8.3 out of 10 really? in difficulty. Okay. You know what I mean? I appreciate like, the specificity. Yeah. Well, you know, decimals they say a lot, you know? <laughs> they do. They do. See, I, I didn't find the actual mechanics of this game hard. I found moments in this game hard. Like, when they tell you, hey, you're in this area, and we need you to go to this area over here in this forest where the moment you touch the ground, the world's going to react like you ate mushrooms. And <laughs> you're not going to be able to see the map. And it, you're not going to be able to find a map keystone. It doesn't matter how many you've collected already. You're just going to have to figure it out. That was infuriating to me because I didn't know which direction I was going. I didn't know where I'd been. I didn't know what else I needed to do. That was difficult. The other sections where they ask you to just jump completely to other areas of the map and just assume like you know that that's what you have to do, that was frustrating me. But whenever I stumbled across like a platforming challenge, I knew what I needed to do. And... It was not, aside from the gravity section, where I understood that gravity was at play, but I couldn't solve the puzzle. The vast majority of time, it was just me getting better with the controls, and I felt that I was getting better. So that little bit of reward and dopamine as I went made it so much more bearable. And I, I it's a hard game, but I didn't feel like it was you know, an 8.3. I'd give it somewhere around a you know, 6.8, 6.9, maybe oh, a 7. Okay, okay. It wasn't unfair. That's a th see. I think that's it's not yeah. unfair. Exactly. It's not unfair. It, that's what and I liked about it. Yeah. But it was like so. I'm referring specifically. There was this one puzzle uh -huh. in the last temple with those floaty the fire lava? things, the lava. Yeah. Ugh. And there was one of those purple gates that would open once you killed all the enemies, mm -hmm. and you had to kill all the floaty yes lava things. That was insane. I felt stupid, and I looked on, on a walkthrough to figure out what I needed to do to get above, and it's like, you just got to kill these guys. I'm like, is that it? Is that all I had to do? But then you go in, and it was... I thought that was the, that was probably one of my, oh. the hardest parts for me in the game. See, I, I did not find beating those guys hard, because you know they shoot the projectile at you, and then you just shoot it right back at them, and then you just hold right trigger, and you float until the next guy shoots one at you, and then you shoot it back at him, and you just keep going down. Just couldn't do it, Mike. Oh, okay. Just Did, couldn't do it. I didn't love See, the lava like temple at all. Maybe I feel like I flew through it. Mm. Definitely. But you're yeah. the one who completed this game, Nick, with more than an hour to spare on both Jacob and I. So, you, you know, maybe... I don't know. Maybe that maybe was really... not as hard as you think it Maybe. Maybe it I just don't play enough uh, Metroidvania games. Maybe it's you were games. drinking an 11% alcohol <laughs> beer. Probably it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I just felt like the lava temple was too long. It was, it was too long. There was, was like six different areas in it mm -hmm. where all the other temples maybe had two or three. And it was sequence locked, which sucked. Yeah. I'm like, why can't I tackle these in whatever order I want to? Mm -hmm. I know that's not how it's supposed to go, but it was at the end of the game. I'm like, I just want to see the end now because like I'm already here. And I don't know. I, I just, it could have been half the length. Mm -hmm. That's the mm -hmm. only part of the game that I felt dragged on. You know, the overworld, you know, it wasn't the most, like there wasn't the most stuff in the in between parts of the overworld. Didn't bother me. The Lava Temple did, though. I wish there was more underwater stuff. Yeah. Like, I liked being underwater. I did, too. The only thing is underwater, things tend to stress me out. It's like, you remember, <laughs> you remember old school Sonic? I knew you were going there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, I, yeah, I think I just got PTSD from you that. Like, okay. Yeah. You're seeing Sonic's face just go, Bum! Exactly. Formative childhood experiences. <laughs>
But no, definitely. So with, with that last like fire temple, was that lava mechanic to unlock the one below whatever? Could have ended like four earlier for sure. And it was just like it wore off pretty quickly. Because there were what, eight different I think there puzzles were, yeah. to solve inside the lava section? Which is more than any other temple I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I could definitely see there being less. I enjoyed the challenge of those that, you know, you can't stand on this platform for more than a second you've got to keep jumping or you have to keep moving or you have to be dodging these laser beams Um, i thought those were a lot of fun i appreciated the challenge they actually weren't as hard as i was expecting them to be um but i could definitely do with less of them i feel like they they took advantage of the fact that at that point in the game you were as adept with the controls and the puzzle solving capability as you were ever going to and i think Typically, designers, you know, like to, to use a lot of the things that they've been given at that point. So they were you were able to handle a lot of different difficult puzzles. So they threw a lot of different difficult puzzles at you. Yeah, we're going to integrate wind and lava and, hey, you have to use your like charge jump, like everything together. Just like you've said, that last escape did it all. What I appreciated, though, is that there wasn't a quote unquote final boss. Totally. What I what I hate about games is when there's a final boss that like ruins the end of the game that is either there. Think about and I hate that I keep going back to Bioshock, but Bioshock with Atlas, like yuck. why yuck? Would you kindly stop talking about that? <laughs> about Atlas? Yeah. Why do I keep bringing you back? No, Bioshock? you you don't you don't remember. Would you kindly? Oh, the, yeah. I see what you did there. See, it's so burrowed deep in my brain that I didn't even realize it. <laughs> Whatever you say, Michael. Thank you. And now we, we move on. Bioshock is a bad boss. There, there are a lot of bad bosses in video mm-hmm. games. It's really tough to wrap up a story in video games and have it be interactive and give the player that, that control, but also wrap up the, the narrative in a definitive fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, not everyone wants to have the, you know, the rule of Nintendo games where it's, you know, three different versions of a boss or, you know, three attacks right. to, to take him down. I appreciated that there wasn't a final boss in this game. I thought it was a great way to wrap it up. So what did you guys think of like that last escape sequence then? Loved it. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was Loved really it. fun. I was, I would have been frustrated had that been the first time that Kuro chases you. Um, but because it was the second and I realized the different areas that I would be able to hide, I felt so much more confident going through it. It was, it was so much easier than the first time I had to run away even though there are more elements at play in this one. Um, and it felt so rewarding. I, I felt like I was way ahead of this one than I was in the previous one. I was able to see exactly what the challenge was and get through it much faster than I was the very first escape challenge from Kuro. It took me a hundred times, but I <laughs> I actually appreciated it. And the way the game finished too was like exactly what I wanted. This game a lot of the time was exactly what I wanted. Not Not less, not more... Baby bear. What did you find, Nick? So the last escape sequence was so intense. Like, when you compare the other enemies in the game, they're just kind of like these little guys that shoot projectiles at you. You die, kind of whatever. But when you went out, it was like... It was stressful, right? Like, the guy comes mm-hmm. down, he really... And everything's breaking around you. It was really the first time other than the other escapes... Well, actually, the other escape sequences were kind of still manageable. This yeah. just seemed, like, nuts. Like, there was a lot going on. Totally. Yeah, but it was going through. It was just like, yeah, it was so satisfying finishing it off. I, I was definitely taken aback by Kuro catching Ori at the end after he's trying to fly away on the on the feather. Uh, don't know why that took me so long to find. <laughs> uh, and But yeah, it all resolved, in, I guess, the way you want it to. Did he kill Ori? Yeah. Yeah, he killed Ori yeah, again. Ori, Ori dead. Ori died? Yeah, in the end. <laughs> well, I think Kuro. I was just too hammered at that point. Like, I just don't remember You're at the bottom of the yeah. 11% so, so here's the final like three minutes of the game. So Kuro catches Ori in the talon, whips Ori down, and Ori is on the ground just dead. And that's when our friend Gumo and our friend Naru, so the bear and the spider, the Gumon, come with this with the orb. Uh, I don't know what, what the orb of light, basically orb that came from the spirit tree and then bring Ori back to life. Okay. And that's when, um, the, the, the condition of the forest is getting worse 
And as the condition of the forest is getting worse, that's when Naru realizes that like, oh man, like I ha- I'm in the position to put this this pearl, this orb back mm-hmm. on the spirit tree because I have to save my one last egg. And also because of this sacrifice that I've seen here, because of like Naru basically walking up mm-hmm. and saying like... This Teletubby was a mother too. Yeah, the Teletubby was a mother. That's right. Exactly. And it's like, if you're going to kill like Ori again, like just kill me now, like mm-hmm. kill me first. And like that's when Naru had the ultimate sacrifice. It was like looking in a mirror. Yes. It was such a beautiful moment where I'm mm-hmm. like... Damn. Not only physically, because they were both, you know, dark blue and white faced, uh, but also, you know, yeah. on a life experience level. Mm-hmm. They looked at each other and said, yeah, I get you. I'm a mama too. I'm a mama too. No, it's all coming back. I got in my notes, Naru MVP. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that you can take uh, all of that and summarize it into a... You know, a bullet, bullet list. Yeah, no, that's, all, that's all you need to know. Not it's even three words. Better than my notes that just say literally Timon and Pumbaa three different times. <laughs> Boys, we had a good time with this game. Yeah, it was awesome. Really enjoyed it. The good times don't end, though, because, gentlemen, I have a surprise. What? Yeah. I love surprises. So, uh, Nick, you've never heard this. Mike, you've never heard this. Uh, we're going to try something different on the Left Behind Game Club. We don't do that. Uh, this time we do. It's okay. a new year, new me. Welcome to the Left Behind Quiz Corner. Ooh, baby. Cue, cue music. Cue, uh-huh. cue the music. <laughs> <laughs> so, Michael, you've pointed out there that you have a buzzer. Uh, Nick, you also have a buzzer. I have five questions here, gentlemen, and I don't know why I've gone to the game show host voice, but I'm going to keep going with this. Five questions. Uh, Nick, uh, give the people at home an idea of what your buzzer sounds like. So you uh, have yes. you have the siren. Classic Are you familiar siren. with that? Yes, absolutely. And Michael. Give, Nick's a bad boy. He's a bad boy. Bad boy Nick. He hears it all the time on his motorcycle. And Mike, give the audience at home an idea of what your siren sounds like. Charge! So uh, when I ask the question, uh, wait until the question is done being uh, asked. Mm, we'll and see. then <laughs> the first buzzer I hear... You answer. Um, the first person to three will win. Okay. Uh, but we'll go through it for the audience. I have a tiebreaker just in case there's a tie as well. Okay. First question. What is the name of the large bird that serves uh, mm, Michael? Kuro. Kuro is correct. One nothing, Michael. The second question. How many dif- it's Ori. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is the incorrect answer, and you lose your ability to buzz in, Michael. Okay. How many different branches of the upgrade tree are there? There are three. Correct. And one of them is broken. (laughs) Third question. Who is the developer of this game? Moon Studios with art by Airborne Studios. That is more than I wanted and correct. Well, I'm really good at this. Suck it, (laughs) Nick. Three nothing for Michael. Uh, The fourth question. What is it called when you set down a spiritual fire to save the game and heal? Michael. Spirit flame. <laughs> Wrong. Ember flame. <laughs> also incorrect. The correct answer was soul links. Oh. No. And as a final question. But it's it on is, fire. It is. It's an ember nothing. and a flame. <laughs> <laughs> the most difficult question, and we'll be using prices right rules for this, so okay. don't go over. A mean one. How many tracks are on this game's soundtrack? You get to answer first, Michael. What do you think? 13. 13? Nick, what is your answer? Over or under, Nick? 14. <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer is 32. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so, Who would have thought? <laughs> so three to one for Michael. Michael, you are the first winner of the Left Behind Quiz Corner. Charge to victory, boys. Mike, you deserve that. Thank you know, you. we played a really good half. Uh, really went in guns a blazing, but uh, you know, really. Is this a hockey interview now? <laughs> Guys, you put the wheels on, and you know, you yeah. just all the boys were good. Sometimes and, you just got to show up. Yeah, you know, you, you win some, you lose work, some, but and uh, you know, pays off. Sometimes you put the pucks in the back of the net. Sometimes hard work. You don't. Coach, coach said, life. work hard and hard work makes it happen. Yep. Dream, dream work. Dream DreamWorks pictures. Dream <laughs> big. DreamWorks <laughs> makes the game work. Uh, final thoughts now that we've gotten out of the quiz corner um, about Ori and the Blind Forest before we wrap it up. I had a great experience with it. 
I am upset that I had not played it sooner. I am so glad that I finally played it, and I cannot wait for the sequel. Nick? Pretty much going to echo that. I bought this game when it came out. Ooh. <laughs> Hold on, what? But I, it was one of those things, like, you know, it's on Steam. I go, this game looks so good, Final and shame. I just never, never played it. And I'm really happy that I did, because I, I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. I'm glad you played this with us, Nick. Great having you. I have no other thoughts. I'm just excited for Ori and the Will of the Wisps coming in 2019. Listen. Hey. Hey, listen. <laughs> hey, listen. Michael, um, if you want to continue the conversation about Ori and the Blind Forest, where should you do that? So you can go to leftbehindgame.club or mm-hmm. leftbehindgameclub.com. Yep. And there's a big fat button in the middle of the website next to my face, Jacob's face, Mo fit, Mo's face. And if you click that button, it takes you right into the Discord where you can hang out with people like the Red Crayon over here, our friend Nick. That's you can me. hang out with most of uh, you know past guests on the show and a fantastic community of people who came and hung out and watched me play the second half of this game on Twitch. Um, you'd find it if you search for hashtag LBGC, Left Behind Game Club. Um, but Jacob... I think there's some good news that we have to share. Holy smokes, do we ever have some good news. So the Left Behind Game Club was nominated for three awards uh, in the Canadian Podcast Awards for 2019. Um, Those are for um, Outstanding Games and Hobbies podcast, Outstanding outstanding Artwork for a podcast, uh, thanks to our friend Dave Houle who designed the logo for the show, and then also, which is the craziest thing, uh, People's Choice. So if you are Canadian... Uh, and you are not a podcaster, you can vote on People's Choice. Go to leftbehindgame.club. There's a little call out that says, hey, vote for People's Choice. Click that, and it's it's two clicks, and you can vote for the Left Behind Game Club. If you are a podcaster and Canadian, um, you can vote on the other categories as well. So leftbehindgame.club, Canadian Podcast Awards, those are being uh, revealed in February. Nick, thanks again for coming on the show. It was lovely to have you. Well, thank you guys so much. This has been such a treat. If people want to find you on the internet, where can they do so? You know, I'm sticking around on the Discord. You can always find me there. And what's your username on the Discord channel? My username is the Red Crayon. What a funny name. We all have these funny, funny names. When Classic 13-year-old Nick. <laughs> Mine's not better. <laughs> Mine's also terrible. Michael, uh, where can the people find you on the internet? People can find me at places that are not my 14-year-old online handle. Uh-huh. You can find me at RufaloM on most social places online or MichaelRufalo.com. Um, Jacob, where can the people find you at online? You can find me at Jacob McCord on all major social media platforms or at jacobmccord.com. And that, my friends, is one less game left behind. Mm-hmm.